Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Gerilyn Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. So thank you for sticking with me all these years. Well, I'm excited about this next. <laughs> Our guest right now is um, someone that has worked here. He has been a staple here. We trust him. We believed him when he would speak to us about the things that were going wrong, particularly in politics and more. And he is joining us tonight. Who Who is he? Well, let me tell you a little bit about him. For the first time in the history of the United States, a former president has been indicted by the country he served as commander in chief. Yeah, you know, like president of the United States. Um, Friday's announcement of the charges against Donald Trump may have been evitable, but they still stunned the nation. So what happens now? What are the next steps that we should look for? And to help us spell this out, we welcome back our friend to the show, Jack Rice, the local attorney and former WCCO radio host, joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, Jack, what's up? Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to be with you. I love coming on with you because, by the way, uh, you have maybe the best voice in the business. I <sighs> swear. It's just big and round and just. Yeah, love it. I love it. That's so, I'm thrilled so to be with you. cool. Thank you. But I wonder what you're drinking. You ought to send me some of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is very real and raw, what is happening in our country right now. And I am blown away by the voices that keep saying he has the right to do this. He can do that. And I, you and I both know that if, if it were me and Jonathan and even you that did this sin, I am telling you we would all be under the jail. Under the jail, in the catacombs, trying to figure out where are they? (laughs) It is an extraordinary thing because the concept of the rule of law, and I'm just talking about everybody in the very big sense, really goes down to something like this, is that we're all the same, is that everybody is equal, the law applies to everybody. And honestly, Gerald, the thing about the rule of law, and I've been lucky enough to teach law all over the planet to, to lawyers. And one of the things about it is that everybody buys in. And the problem is, is if we don't buy into the rule of law, that somehow some of us are different, or we're allowed to do certain things, but other people aren't. I'm not talking about it being fair. I'm talking about the aspiration of fairness. If we don't buy into this, it is literally the glue that will keep a society together. And what makes this case USA versus Donald Trump, because that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. The first time in more than 200 years we have ever seen a former president federally indicted. 
this is an extraordinary moment in time because what it says is that the rule of law applies to everybody or it doesn't. How it works, due process, and everything along the way has to apply to everybody equally. And I think the real question now is whether it will. Okay, so what about the policies? When it comes to the laws that Congress is creating, how is it that we still don't get this right? We still have this man who is walking around saying, hey, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. It's no problem. I did that. And and the rest of us are supposed to go, oh, yeah, he did that, so I guess it's okay. Why aren't we, like, screaming at the top of our voices trying to figure out why is this happening? Because if he's going to allow or if anyone, the, the, the Justice Department, if, if they want to make sure that he gets away with it or that he is okay to get away with it, what happens to the rest of us? To me, that says that's it. We're, we're done. The United States of America is done. Oh, this is the front end of the wedge. And I, I really do mean that, too. It really, really, truly is. If what we have decided is that objectively, it doesn't matter anymore. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. I can be what I want. So long as I am part of a particular political affiliation. And the problem that comes with that is that if that's what you accept because you're in a position of power, well, it's only a matter of time before you're not in a position of power and somebody else is in a position of power. So it's not just about being a Republican. It's not just about being a Democrat or being an independent. This does not matter. If we can't rise above this and say, prove it, just just prove it. And I'm saying even with this guy, because Donald Trump has a presumption of innocence. Donald Trump did not do this until the government can prove that he did that. And I think it's really important that we use that standard. But I also believe that the law is the law. The proof and burden that the government must have, they must prove it. But. Once they prove it, we have to believe in the system that works, because if we don't, this really is the thin end of the wedge. It's not Donald Trump. It's actually about us in the broader sense. Okay, then us has been too quiet. Okay, because (laughs) not enough of us are screaming at the top of our lungs. And by the way. The reason I, I'm so excited to talk to you tonight, because it's all about the laws. It's all about how it is written. Every word that is written in a law matters. Every word. It can change in an instant. So if we are able to, to in the United States, to really look and say, oh, we can change that. We can take this out and put this in. This is something we've been doing for a long time. And now it's not working, mainly because of the person who is responsible for making this wrong. I don't know which entities are all involved in rewriting or adding words to this and taking away words to that. Bottom line is we are not who we were even a decade ago. We are not those people anymore. No, no, there, there is no question. And that is true because what we can say and we can look back in our own histories and we can say, what about this president? What about that president? And we think about why we do the things that we do. But if we think about this indictment, the one thing that we are seeing in this case that makes this interesting from special counsel Jack Smith, who, by the way, is a career politician. He's not a registered Republican. He is not a registered Democrat. The primary focus of his career is to go after corrupt politicians. And so that's what he has done. What I would suggest to anybody listening is that there is a 49-page indictment. That's out there. It's very public. Everybody can read it. The thing about this indictment that makes it so damning is that 
It is extraordinarily specific. And it includes, in some cases, blow-by-blow pieces of the indictment itself and why they're doing what they're doing, including photographs. And so what you will see if you really dig into this is this. You're going to see 37 counts. 31 of those counts are actually and very, very specific in terms of what they do. Those 31 counts are violating the Espionage Act. And what that really means is anybody who, and this is the language, deliberately retains national defense material and fails to deliver it to the officer or employee of the U.S. entitled to receive it. Now, what that means is this. It's essentially about possession, yes, but it's knowing because they come back to you and say, you have this, we want it. And it's the refusal to return it, even though, even though you are no, you receive notice that you receive it, and then you refuse or fail or even hide it so it doesn't actually come back to the government. This is not the same as what we have heard from Joe Biden. This is not the same we have heard from former Vice President Pence. Because, in fact, with both of those cases, both of those cases, what we found was that the former vice president, both former vice presidents, if you will, uh, what we had in members of Congress, uh, they both had possession. But as soon as they became aware of this, they disclosed it and they actually sent it back. What we see from Donald Trump was was that not only did he receive notice, he then said, I have the right to keep it. Number one. Right. Number two, what he did was he actually hid it. And then he tried to hide it even further and then obstruct and then lied, directly lied to the FBI who was doing the investigation about what it was that he had. And so these 37 counts are literally extraordinarily specific. And when you look at the people who are actually coming out saying the former president has a problem, it's actually kind of telling and somewhat shocking, too. Yeah, I don't think we're shocked enough. Okay, you remember going all the way back to Edward Snowden? Um, you remember he had oh, yeah. all of this information and he was threatening different countries and then working with other countries and giving out all kind of stuff. And it took us forever to capture this guy. It took us forever to, to say, I'm sorry, what did you say, Jonathan? Actually, we, we may be conflating people. Edward Snowden is not captured. Um, maybe right. you're thinking of Julian Assange okay, from he's... WikiLeaks? No, no, no. I'm talking about... Okay, yes, Snowden is no, not Snowden captured. Still he's, he's still, I believe yeah. he's still living in Russia. No kidding. Yeah, I thought out. for sure he moved. Okay, I'm wrong with that. I'm so sorry. The bottom line is we have heard all of this happening before. We know that there were little pieces boiling up, boiling up, and all of a sudden we said, wow, how could that have happened? And then all of a sudden we go back to eating our Cheerios and everything's fine. At this point, the world has changed. Not just our country, but the world has changed. And if this is if, if we're looking at documents that are not supposed to be seen by the eyes of anyone but the current president, right, and the lawyers, right. then how is it that we are at this point? How is it that one person can change everything? You know, it's a wonderful question. I mean, maybe what we'll do is let's let's go broader for a minute and talk about the whole concept of classified documents. And, and I can say this not just as, as a former prosecutor, not as a criminal defense attorney, but as a former CIA case officer, is that what you have with classified documents 
are multiple levels. You have confidential documents, and generally anybody in the in the military, as soon as you join the military, you usually you end up with a confidential clearance. Usually, good goes to secret pretty quickly. But there's confidential, then there's secret. After secret, there's something called top secret. And that really narrows down the number of people who have access to this. Above that, there's something called SCI. And what that means is sensitive compartmented information. It's actually, if you will, above top secret. And what it does is it, it sets things up in categories to narrow it even further to essentially say the only people who have access to this kind, these kinds of information are those people who really, truly, and honestly need it. And the reason is, is because you, when you get at this level, you can actually take a piece of information, a piece of classified information, and if you know what to do and how to do it, there is the potential that you can actually walk it backward to the actual source of where it came from. So in other words, if the NSA, if the Department of Defense, if State Department, if CIA and others, actually went out into the world and acquired this piece from somewhere. If you have this piece in front of you, you might be able to not only find out what country it came from, what division it came from, but maybe even a particular individual that it came from. And so it's extraordinarily important that you protect it. And so when you think of the context of what that means, the idea of protecting this has always been about making sure that the only people who see it are the people who absolutely have to. The problem that we have actually seen, it's, it's happened some years ago, but it's particularly important in this case, that when you have somebody who has access to literally the crown jewels, any and everything, including those pieces of information that actually can lead back to a particular individual, understand what it means when somebody takes them, anybody, and puts them in a public place where other people have access. What we have here, Gerilyn, is a situation where not only did this president take classified information and acknowledged, by the way, it's in the indictment, acknowledged subsequently after he was president that it was still classified. So in other words, he can't say, oh, I declassified this because presidents have certain amounts of authority. Right. He himself says, I didn't declassify this. And what he then does is he actually goes out and he shows it to people. Right. Now, that's actually distribution of classified info. Understand what happens if I'm former CIA. And, and even to this day, if I talked about certain operations I was involved in or became privy to, I could have the FBI knocking on my front door saying, guess what, you're coming with us now. Mm -hmm. And they probably would. So understand how big of a deal this is when you have somebody who acknowledges having classified information, distributes it to people who don't have access or the right to have access to it. So it's not even his. And he gives it to people without any classification or particular ability to protect it. Those in themselves are crimes. And those are things that would put me absolutely in a jail cell. Exactly, exactly. But the indictment. person that should be in jail, in fact, there are several people that should be in jail, are not there. Okay, we have to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk more with Jack Rice. I mean, really, he's amazing. We'll be back.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It's 826. It's such a pleasure to to have Jack Rice on to really kind of open up and help me understand. And I'm hoping he's helping you understand, too, because there are moments I sit at home and I am in a daze and I keep saying to myself, how did we get here? And we, we can easily look back and see how we got here. The point is now, how do we get out of it, Jack? How do we get back to our true reality? Can I tell you, there's something called an investiture. And what an investiture is, this is sort of off topic, but it's actually not, Gerilyn. Uh Jerry Blackwell uh, is was one of the lead counsel and the one who did openings and closings in the Derek Chauvin case. Yes. I don't know if you recall. And, and uh, Judge Blackwell actually just uh, ascended, if you will, to the uh, federal bench. So he is now a federal judge. And this just happened uh, several days ago. And it was an extraordinary thing to watch. And the reason is because the number of people who were there and part of it, including, you know, like Senator Klobuchar and others. But but one of the people there who I I loved watching was Justice Page. Alan Page, for those, if there's anybody who doesn't know who he is, you've been under a rock for about 40 years. (laughs) uh, Again, Minnesota Viking, purple people leader. Yes, yes, yes. That part's all true. But, But frankly, what he did after he retired from football is nothing short of astounding what he's done in terms of the page foundation, what he did when he was on the state Supreme court, an amazing man who has an amazing legacy and talked about Jerry Blackwell and they've been friends for 30 or 40 years and talking about the need for legitimacy in our government, in our society, but frankly, in the judicial system too. I mean, when you watch that and realize what's missing, And I've been trying to answer this question, Gerilyn, myself. Listen to some of these stats that came out. CNN did this poll, but you could probably go to Fox, and it may be comparable. It may not be. And what CNN found was this. 60% of all adults approved of the charges overall. 76% said that politics played a role. 31% said the indictment strengthened democracy, while 31% said it weakened it. 
Now, if that doesn't split this country in half, I don't know what does. So what's the next step for the United States? For, for those of us, whether you're on one side or the other, what is the next step to get us to really wake up and understand how serious this is? I, I think that, that one of the things we have to think about is we need to realize who we are as a country. You know, and I well, who are we? Because, I would love for you to define well, that for me. Who no, are we? I would love, I would love that too, because here, here's what I, what I can tell you for sure. For a very long time, I've watched politicians frequently on both sides say that the U.S. is exceptional, that somehow we are sort of different than the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and that as a result of that, we are almost preordained to greatness. The problem is, is that's not true. Right. The problem is, is it's never been true. I mean, I, I think of it like this. I was teaching trial advocacy and I was in South Sudan um, some years ago and I was sitting across from a judge and we were talking about these highfalutin things. You and I are talking about this idea of rule of law. And his response when he looked at me was rule of law is, is all well and good, Jack, until somebody comes in with an AK-47 and cuts you in half. Mm. And, and, and when, when you, see what's happening in places like South Sudan. And my response, it can never happen in the United States, except for you realize the thousands of people who are clamoring up the the front steps of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Mm. And when you watched that, you realize we are not exceptional. And if you've ever thought so, we aren't. We are not that far from the edge. And what we have seen over the last few decades is I think we've seen an assault on the institutions of the United States. Now, in some cases, I, I think it's important because the institutions have were set up and were designed to be unfair to a large swath of America. And I think what you're also seeing is a lot of those people coming in saying, we can't have that happen. It needs to apply to all of us. There is a pushback to that. And that pushback to that is saying, we have a particular, some of us, have a particular place in this country, and if there are those who are excluded who now want a seat at the table, doesn't that take away from, well, my plate? And so what you're seeing is this, I think, this institutional, but almost uh, this, this, this notion of what it is that makes America great. And I think those who are afraid that what is going to be taken away from them will make their place worse, different. That was January 6th in my mind. And I think that Donald Trump was nothing more than a response to a lot of those people because he echoed what it was that they said. He didn't create it. You and I know that, I think. He, I, I don't think Donald Trump, frankly, I'm not so sure if he necessarily believes in a vast amount of what it was that he said because over the last 30 or 40 years before that, he said all sorts of other things that were directly in opposition to it. I think he reflected a large number of Americans' fears. Well, the problem is, is that when you have the ability to take that swath of people and tell them that A is B and B is A, and that black is white and white is black, that all of a sudden you can have alternate facts. Their yeah. their words, not mine. Yeah, that's gaslighting is real. <laughs> it's so real. It and and if you, you're constantly lying. There's no way we can get back to the truth unless we all get on board to get back to truth. We're, we're redefining well, what truth is today. That's not well, helping that, us. That is part of the problem. That is part of the problem. 
And I think what we have to be able to do collectively is make some objective decisions on what is actually objective. Okay, give me an example. Give me an example. Well, in, in a case like this, what I think we have to do is we start with what does the law say? What does the law say? And what does it actually mean? So if you think about the, these uh, specific laws as they apply to uh, the Espionage Act, we'll just say something like, like where we are in this topic, because we could go real broad, you and me. But if you talk about somebody who deliberately takes national defense material and fails to return it, we need to make sure that everybody says, is that unacceptable? Because if you're saying it is, then those are the same people who went after Snowden as the person you were talking about. But they were the same people who went after several other people in the last couple of years saying this is a national security problem and we can't do that. These were the same people who have gone after a whole bunch of other people in, in our long history who we saw as traitors. And we have to make an objective decision as to what the law means. And then if we can objectively agree to that, then we will then turn around and say, okay, did you prove that this person did that? Fine. Let's make, let, let's leave a jury of 12 to decide whether or not there is proof beyond a reasonable doubt that they did it. But I think we have to start with a law that says, this is what it says. Can we all objectively agree that that's what that means? But Americans, millions of Americans are not accepting law, period. They're not accepting the rules and regulations, the the mores. We're not accepting them anymore. And if we don't accept them, we have nothing. Jack, we have run out of time, and I'm so sorry that we have, man. You and I could talk for two and a half hours. But it has been a pleasure just to hear your voice because I know that what you are saying has a lot to, it it brings understanding to so many that are listening tonight. So thank you. Well, it was an honor to be with you as always. Take care of yourself. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us right here at WCCO Radio. I'm so excited to be in the studio with you and Jonathan Lowe as well. Okay, our next guest I'm really excited about because I have have um, had, had a chance to interview her even last year, and she is joining us uh, tonight to talk about the children and what families are doing to keep them busy. And, of course, I want to make sure that I have her name correct. It is Gianna Kordaski. And she's with Family Fun in the Twin Cities. The last set of students are ready for school to be out, and there's summer breaks to get rolling. Do you know how to get your children through the summer? Hmm. If you're still looking for ideas to fill those days, there are events and programs just waiting to provide fun times for your students. Local website Family Fun Twin Cities has a ton of ideas just for you to choose from. Now, here are some of those ideas right now from site co-founder Gianna Kodaski, who joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Baker Hotline. Hey, Gianna, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you doing? It's good to be here. It's great to have you here. Here's the thing. You and I had an interview probably about three years ago, maybe four. Do you remember that? I do. It was around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, I think. I think so. We were trying to figure out what to make sure. What can we do to keep the children busy? Here's the thing. We know that our children, our grandchildren, whomever, cousins, nieces, we, we know that they have expectations when it comes to a break, whether it's from school and summer, if it's the fall and and school is just starting, the holidays, we know that they're looking for things, right? They want to know mom and dad or aunt and uncle, where are we going? What are we going to do for these days? And a lot has changed over the years, hasn't it? I think yes. Yes. I also think COVID might have had something to do with that, but now we're getting kind of back to we can go out and we can do things and we have expectations. (laughs) We do have expectations and that's your job. That's what you do is to make sure that there is a lot of offerings for children between various ages. What about teenagers or those that are getting closer to 18 years old? Do you also have things for them? We do. We have a teen and tween calendar and then we have, if you look up on our site, like just search teens, You'll see there's a whole bunch of articles that we've like just pegged as good teen options. And how are they responding to what you have? Do you hear a lot from the teenagers and their parents? Um, My kids are teenagers and they love it. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Um, But also teens are a bit different than um, like parenting teens is a bit different than parenting smaller children just because teens have their own agendas, their mm-hmm. own plans, their own things to do. So it's it's more for planning summer with teens. It's more working around, okay, we're going to do this this week and not more of a it's, – it's much less of an everyday thing. Okay, that's fine because they have a lot of time to spend with family and so much more. Some of them will be taking classes during the summer if they didn't finish out all of their classes or having to redo a class. So it's great that you have so much to offer to all of these young people all the way up to the age of 18, correct? Exactly. Okay, so then what is new this year? Is there something added that surprised you and you went, ooh, I got to look into that? Um. New things, actually, honestly, can I just tell you, because of COVID and the slow reintroducing of everything, Mm -hmm. this whole summer feels like a brand new summer, right? The festivals that used to be be on the calendar are now back on the calendar, and we are so excited for that. Like, just this month, we have... Actually, let me say that again. Just this weekend, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, six different uh, festivals that happened. And next weekend, it's another like six to ten that are happening. And we have those, we have those like every week throughout the summer. Yeah, and if you say festivals, the families are coming. There's no doubt about it. I remember years ago I used to do that with my children, right? So I'm glad that it's back. I'm glad you're doing that more. We are going to take a break for a moment, and we'll be back with Gianna. And I'm so looking forward to hearing more about what is out there for our children, our nieces, nephews, all of them for this summer. You do not want to miss it. We'll be back. 
Welcome back. We are talking with G. Anna Kurdaski, and we are having a great time learning what is out there right now for our children, for those who want to get out with their families, cousins. There are all types of family reunions going on. In fact, our family is doing one this year, and we've been trying to figure out what are we going to do with the little ones? Where are we going to take them? Oh, yeah, Gianna. I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to go online and look at everything that you're offering because it's really exciting. So tell me what is next for you. Each year you do this, you keep the planning, you keep um, finding out, you, you stay in contact with those that you need to stay in contact with to find out all the things that are happening in the Twin Cities and beyond. What's been new for you? Something where you you thought um, we did this maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago, and now you want to bring it back. Well, I'm thinking beaches. Okay, so we've done beaches, and we know that we know our own beaches, right? But, right. But now, now we need to like maybe we don't need to. I'm not going to need anybody. It would be great to explore new beaches, and I just found a new one that to me. I don't know if it's new to everybody, but I just found a brand new one to me. It's at the Fort Snelling State Park. Fort Snelling that, State Far- Park? Yeah, Fort Snelling State Park, not the historical center okay. or society, you know, the Fort Snelling, not that one. But the state park that's kind of on the other side of whatever road that is, 5 or 55 or whatever road that mm-hmm. is. Um, there's a state park there. Yep, there's a state park there, and it's got its own beach on Lake Snelling. And what's really cool about this is while you do have to have the sticker on your car, right, like the state park sticker. Yeah. When you go, it's not just a beach. You're you're going to get all the awesome beach parts to it too. But then you're also in a state park, so those there you will also find geocaching, and um, there is a visitor center called the Savage Visitor Center, oh, okay. and they have exhibits there. So, like, if you get hot and you're done swimming, but you're not quite ready to leave. You can go visit the Savage Visitor Center and look at all the exhibits because state parks and their visitor centers, they're really fun. There are so many beaches that we have here in the great state of Minnesota, wading pools, water parks, and other places in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area, just so that our children to cool off. And that I am always excited about. Do you recommend mm-hmm. that if they are going to participate in um, the, you know, going to the beaches, swimming pools, and water parks, are you saying to the parents, look, these are things you need to know, these are things you need to look out for? Yep, on our beach article, especially the Minneapolis beach article, there might be a couple others too. Um, we do say make sure you check the website uh, to check, like, sometimes they close due to bacteria or due to something else or construction, right? So we do suggest that people find out the information, like the basic information at our site, but then double check to make sure that everything is still up and running and they're still open. Wow, you've got your hands full every summer, and <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but I'm so glad that you do because our children need it, that is for sure. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and I hope you have great success this year as usual. And uh, I have an idea, uh, not an idea, but a feeling that you are just going to expand, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you that day when you say, Geraldine, we are expanding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself and be safe. 
My goodness, it was such a pleasure um, talking with her. I, I also want to rem, um, remind the parents, uh, guardians, that there are movies that they are presenting for these children. And these free, free, free summer movies are in the park. Um, and they are a classic choice to enjoy together, especially outside where they are free. And you can even pack large popcorns and large drinks of uh, for just pennies. And for an indoor option to beat the summer heat, movie theaters with free or bargained price summer um, price summer programs are also scattered around the Twin Cities. So if you want to know about some of these movies and if they are appropriate for your children, you know, go online and really look up this um, this organization is called Family Fun Twin Cities, and there are all types of movies, movies that when I started reading through the movies, I felt better about it. Sometimes, you know, they say, oh, we have movies for children, but then all of a sudden you think, oh, you know, maybe not. Maybe I don't want my children to watch and see a minion with his butt out, right? No, seriously, that was in the movie where he was absolutely naked from the backside. Ridiculous. So that that I did not... I did not want that to be part of it. However, there are some really good movies that they are presenting. Um, July, in July, there's going to be, um, they even have all the parks. So instead of me trying to go through all of this and, and tell you where to go and where these movies are happening, I just want you to know that there is a lot going on. Just go to their website um, and, and check it out because um, uh, whether you have enough for the children to do or whether you do not, bottom line is you got to just... Keep asking the questions and uh, to the right people. So this, again, is FamilyFunTwinCities.com. FamilyFunTwinCities.com. There's a lot to do out there. That's what I love about Minnesota. Just one of the great things I love is that you really pay attention to the needs of the family, whether it's the couple that wants a date night, whether it's the children that you want to make sure that they're getting all that they need in the summer and just having a ball. This is a beautiful thing. Not every state offers this. Not every state. So to know that we have that here in Minnesota, get out there and see as much as you can in the Twin Cities while you can. That's the way I feel about it. All right, so it has been quite interesting, some of the conversations we've had so far, right? Well, coming up next is Center Stage, and it's all things arts and entertainment that we feel like you really ought to know about what's going on. All the things that are going on in politics, actually has a mirror right behind it when it comes to all of the arts and entertainment. Because what we do in the arts, I am an artist, what we do in the arts affects other things. So there you go. Don't forget about that. It has been a pleasure. But in the 9 o'clock hour, center stage. Stay tuned. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.